Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of 2022. If your child is struggling in school, this is the episode to listen to. Our guest today is Helen Panos. Are you facing a crisis in your life or business? It's time to steer yourself in the right direction through the real experiences, passion, and courage of our guests. We're taking the helm with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Helen Panos is a lifelong educator, but she left teaching to open her own business called the Dynamics Learning Academy. She's offering tutoring services, is branching out into supporting students with mental health, helping students to learn to advocate for themselves and parents to understand the school system, what school systems offer and don't offer, where the gaps are, and advocating whether or not their children have special needs. All right, wow. Helen, you are our last guest uh, guest of 2022. Yeah, and what a way to close out the year talking about students, students' progress, uh, parent advocacy. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, inform your guests about advocacy and helping uh, their families, you know, be successful. Yeah. So just to give everyone a contact, context. Helen is in the United States. I'm in Canada. We're going to do our best to mesh the two languages and worlds together. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If your children are in school, they're struggling, you're trying to find a better way for them. uh, We're here to talk to you today. (laughs) That's right. That's correct. All right, Helen, tell us a little bit about your background and and why you're doing this today. Where did it all start? Um, So I'm an educator of 25 plus years of a public school system in Atlanta, Georgia, in the U.S. And Um, that's one of the biggest school systems I was in is Fulton County. And so I was uh, a teacher for many years and most of that time also gifted lead. So then I decided it was time to start my own business uh, while I was teaching. I just had the idea that I didn't feel even back then. This was probably about 10 years ago. I was already getting the thought that I didn't feel school systems could really truly meet the needs of children. And I wanted to be able to do that. I have a passion about that. So, and it's not necessarily at their fault. Um, It has a lot to do with funding, resources, all kinds of things. So, um, and personnel being uh, appropriately trained, to be honest. So, and there's not enough hours of the day. But I decided to start Dynamis Learning Academy. It's a K through 12 tutoring and uh, now student advocacy program. And we do SAT, ACT um, all over the nation. Uh, we also do tutoring nationwide virtually. Uh, here in Atlanta, we do it virtually and or in person because my tutors, I have 15 tutors right now, um, and uh, that's growing rapidly. So we help kids. We match. I listen to what the parent needs. I match them up with the right type of tutor. I have that experience and knowledge from being also a 504 chair that I got promoted to right as we were going into COVID. I'd done it for three years. So I've heard a lot of stories and sat in a lot of meetings. Almost to the point, I don't want to say I I will diagnose your child, but I can um, get pretty close to suggesting what you need to do. And so I felt like uh, I needed to start my own company. And then now it's branching and rebranding into advocacy, which we're going to talk about today. All right. So those of us in Ontario, Canada, the UK who are listening, which is a lot of my audience, do not understand what 504 means. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> now, y'all might have a different program, right? So. In America, the Section 504 plan is under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And it, if you have a medical diagnosis of some kind, whether um, I think the original might have been like diabetes is why it started in the first place. 
was that kids might need to leave the classroom and go get their insulin shot or something down in the nurse's office, right? So it started with that. Then it's turned into the biggest one being ADHD. So you have a medical diagnosis of something. Anxiety is very large here in the U.S., um, probably nationwide now. Also uh, dyslexia. So if you have a diagnosis from a doctor, a professional, then you get what's called a Section 504, and it's got accommodations to it. And you meet we um, yearly. And then you get a reevaluation every three years in this plan. So you can get accommodations like extended time, um, frequent breaks for like SAT and ACT here in the U.S. that we give as a big exam going into colleges. Um, so there's a lot of great things uh, related to a 504 plan. And other countries may have something yeah. similar. So it's very similar. The terminology is different, but we have AODA you know, accessibility for Ontario and Ontario wins with Disabilities Act. We have Regulation 181, the, uh, the uh, Education Act in Ontario, where special education is ingrained in there. And the rights for students to attain accommodations, mod modifications, or alternative programming when they're identified. And of course, that leads us to an individual education plan and the work that you're doing now to help parents, I think, understand what that all means, what their rights are. Some people don't like me using the words rights. Well, you have a right under the law for these types mm -hmm. of accommodations and plans under your child's IEP. And I love what you're doing to help people understand that and how to navigate the system. So what are some of the things, Helen, that a parent would get from you if they said, oh, my gosh, my child has an IEP and they're not getting any of the accommodations they're supposed to be getting? Um, so I want to add to to that is I was a gifted lead before I go into yeah. that. And I want to. I don't know about other countries, but here in the U.S., you can have dual classification. So don't yes. assume. I want parents to realize that even if you have a gifted child, yes. uh, I was a gifted lead for almost 10 years. If you have a gifted child, what I was seeing was they can be special ed and gifted. That's yes. called dual classification in the U.S. So um, you might you shouldn't assume that your gifted child. And and I see this in my tutoring business. I, I've We've got kids that are 4.0s and they're having issues, okay? So they need a 504 plan. But to answer your question, um, we listen to what, I listen to what parent needs. And with my experience, I can pretty much um, either feel like we can help you ourselves in Dynamis Learning Academy. And that might be through starting with some tutoring so we can get an idea of your child to see what they can do or not do. Then we can see, could it possibly be a disability? Could it be something medical? Um, then we might, you know, direct you another way to a doctor to say, go get a psychological done or, you know, we can help you up to this point. But, you know, we need and school systems are not going to tell you this, OK, because they don't have the funding. There's a lot to that as to why they don't. Uh, they're afraid of lawsuits, let's say. So um, I'd say I also have people that I can direct um to that they think they need an IEP, they do not have one, or they feel like they're not being um, treated correctly and they already have an IEP. I just referred a family that has a four-year-old with an IEP mm -hmm. and they, she's definitely helping them. The the young lady that uh, I've referred her to, and she's a special ed background teacher that came out of the school system. So I, I feel like parents do not know where to turn because they think Yes, you should go to your school first and see what you can get from it, because there's certain schools that understand and will help. And then there's a bunch that won't for a lot of reasons. So there's other people out there that you can reach out to and get help so you can have a conversation with them and discuss what is going on with your child. 
Yeah. So I have to put my superintendent hat on retired four <laughs> years ago with the superintendent hat and the school systems are very, very different. Uh, we operate on the principle of inclusion in Ontario, right, which has its pros and its cons. Absolutely. No question about it. And every school does have some supports within it. But I, I have to say it's the exact same thing. There isn't an educator or a leader in this province that won't tell you that we're short on staffing. We're short on funding. There's a mm. wait list for services. If your child needs uh, counseling, for example, we'll do a referral to the community. There might be something short stop, uh, you know, short stop in the middle for emergency situations. But it's very much the same here. It, it's a it's there's just not enough for what the needs are. The needs have increased substantially and you mm -hmm. can change the way things are done. And I think that's what we need to be looking at. It's not it can't be the same old, same old. The kids growing up have different a different set of circumstances and challenges now. We've got to change the way we're thinking and changing a school system is a long <laughs> haul process. We put, oh, yeah. we put we put a reading intervention program in in my school board, and it took four years to do it. It's slow moving. Wow! Mm -hmm. And then and then you're behind the times. But anyway, mm -hmm. so yes, absolutely, Helen. What you're doing is offering um, supports and services for parents who need something in additional outside the school, and that's a fact. It's a reality. It's out there, and it's out there across the world in different ways. So you and I talked also not only about tutoring, and I love the fact that you've got educator eyes helping parents see from an educator's perspective what the gaps might be because it's not just a diagnosis it's you know what's the expectations and what's the gap and then why do we think there's a gap I love that idea but you've now branched out as we all have to into mental health you and I were speaking about this last week let's talk about that umbrella mm -hmm. yeah and so I, I was just speaking to someone I refer a lot of business to that's a psychologist just saw her at it tea this weekend and she is busy until May. Um, so I want parents to realize there is a shortage, like you said, of psychologists and also they're booked out for months here in the United States. And I'm sure that's everywhere. Sure. <laughs> there, uh, so, uh, you know, then what do you do if you can't, you, while you're waiting for four months, five months as a parent, you're like, you know, struggling, what do you do? So that's why you need to reach out to these other resources and talk to different people and see what can at least be done. I don't want to say put a Band-Aid on it, but until if we think something is really, you know, uh, serious going on, let's say, or there is something more that could be done until you can be seen by a psychologist and psychiatrist and really have that that thing. Of course, a lot of school systems do it, too. Um, you can go inside the school system, but they're just as busy, if not busier. <laughs> and we're not talking about crisis. I mean, that's a different where you're taking someone into nine into an emergency room or a crisis drop in center right, right. when kids are really struggling. So, uh, but, so that's a fact. And, and, you know, and I and we as parents, you know, this is all new. I, you know, I wrote a, I wrote a book about my daughter who had debilitating anxiety for a couple of years as an adult. It's all new to us. So, I mean, there are, Helen, podcasts, um, organizations like yourself. There's lots of places where you can go to get information to inform yourself and then be able to understand it. I think if we understand the struggles that our children are going from whatever you know perspective, we can do that. Because like I said, even just social media puts pressures on them that we never had growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a great first step. Yeah. And even one of my tutors right now, he said to me, he's going to stop teaching if he can get into this full-time mental health program at Georgia State University here in downtown Atlanta. So I'm probably going to be able to use him. He already tutors for me and he'll be a great resource. I haven't, you know, that'll be down the road, but that's the kind of things that I think businesses will have to shift to and be, you know, with the times. I hate using the word pivot, because <laughs> people no, probably I got know. tired it's of that word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, but 
really you pretty much do have to change over and 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 kind of try to i like to say we're like a one-stop shop it, people come to us at first for tutoring right but i have a group of people i can collaborate with that have all these variety of um specialties underneath them so i just did that this weekend my tutor couldn't work with this child who a teacher gave a big project to it turned into it came from geometry into trig for a unit uh -huh. she just threw it in here at the end of the year at the end of the semester so i had to call in another tutor who met with him for three hours on saturday to get that done and then he's got a final on tuesday so then he met with him again yesterday to prep for that final but that was like my tutor was on and said, I don't think I can do this. I don't even understand what this project is asking for. On top of the fact, teachers are burned out across the nation, across the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, go to your teacher first. I always say that as an educator and always. see then inside of the building, the principal, the assistant principal, the counselor, see what they'll do for you. If not, you can reach out to us and we will. I like to hook up my tutors with with the permission of the parent to get with the, the teacher on email because they talk differently to educators. I'll just be honest about that. I'm sure you know that one. Um, so they know we understand the inside world, I like to call it, <laughs> which is the school system. And parents are just out here trying to figure it out and just going crazy trying to figure it out. And they all they got to do is call me and yeah. I'll say, connect me to that teacher. And it's then when I start talking, they realize they know what I'm talking about. Now they they sit up straighter, let's say, yeah. and they're going to offer <laughs> more support to the parent because everybody cannot afford all these outside services, of course. Of course not. I, I hope that's not happening. I certainly hope that administrators are treating parents as respectfully. You know, I, we have a diff our different uh, our different experiences, but I mean, you've lived they it, do, but it, so it's happening. They're burned out, right? Yeah, they're burned, they're burned out, out too. A lot of yeah. them are getting ready to retire. A lot. Oh, a lot have actually here in Ontario. I can tell you <laughs> that. But I, I want to take it to another another segue where we're helping we're helping our kids advocate for themselves as opposed to you know us having that responsibility. And you know, I've read a lot of research that's saying as young as twelve years old, we can start to talk to our children. And professionals can talk to their children about what their strengths are, what their needs are, and what tools they need to work around those needs. And if they have an individual education plan to say, huh, you're not giving me the, not this way, in a very respectful way. I have accommodations in my individual education plan. Can we talk about that? And I know 12 years old seems awfully early, but just imagine the future. If these kids are growing up saying, yeah, this is what I need to learn and I'm going to make sure I get it. I love mm -hmm. it. I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I yeah. Everybody here in the U.S. is pretty much from middle school, sixth grade on at least, yeah. if not a little earlier, fifth grade probably because they transitioned into a middle school. Right. So they kind of start pushing the independence, right, and uh, having parents kind of back off a little bit. But what I'm seeing right now is you got to be careful about that. I'm doing my own podcast, which is Smart Parents Successful yeah. Students Podcast. You can follow us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, and some other places, but. I just interviewed one of my tutors and she's a high school uh, teacher for many years. And she said that it's sometimes it's too much to the extreme. So parents really need to look at their child. I don't even if it's a 4.0 student, if they're having medical issues like what I'm seeing right now, that child needs to slow down. I mean, yes. you know, the independence is she's got other medical issues. So putting the stress on herself is really causing a problem with pain and other things and can't and concentration. 
So it really depends on, I definitely agree with independence, and but every parent needs to identify every child in their home and they could be different in how you deal with them. So yeah, this child may be sure. very, all, very yeah. independent and you can let them kind of go and they'll be fine. But then yeah, this it's a different umbrella. It's a different set of circumstances. A child who's nonverbal with autism, for example, you're you're going to be uh, you're going to be advocating them. That's an extreme mm. example, but it is an example for sure as individuals. But I but I think if if we can all understand what our what our strengths are and what we need, you know, I'm oh, not yeah. a math wizard. I'm not a math wizard, but I found some ways around it now that can get me to where I. It's going to lot be a long way, but I get there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we need to definitely promote. I think fa families need to sit down, maybe have weekly meetings on a Sunday or whenever, pick the best time for you all and, and sit down and really find out what your child's strengths are. You may think you know, but I think sitting down, pausing the outside world around you and really getting to know your child in terms of what's going on. What do you have coming up this week? What, what can you do, speaking of strengths, what can you do yourself and what do you think you need help with? I think it's brilliant you know, checking <laughs> like, in because we're, you know, and you and I talked about this before we're, we're on this go, 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 go constantly. And especially if you have children in different schools or whatever, two children, three children, five children, regardless, they all come with needs, right? And you want to be there for them whenever you can, but to have that one-to-one -one time once a week that I'm sure they learn to look forward to, even if they're 15, you know, if this is something that you've taught them and you, you cherish this time with them. And it's not only about the academics either then, Helen, what you start to do is put your eyes on when they're starting to struggle with their mental health. And I want to throw out the name Jackie Simmons. You and I talked about this. Jackie has done a TEDx talk about talking to our kids, our teenagers, just like we would talk to them about drugs, alcohol, pregnancy, about suicide. And she has four specific questions we should be asking them on a regular basis. And then we're going to know when our kids are struggling. So your, your um, suggestion to meet weekly has a whole larger umbrella about total to me, overall well being. And I, I love it. I, I wish I did. I wish I'd have thought about that when my kids were younger. To be <laughs> Here we all sit in meetings all, all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having a meeting in our own family is kind of, it's kind of strange, but my corporate families where these guys are uh the fathers are executives or whatever and they're doing that in their homes yeah. and i find that i'm listening and i'm looking at those are the kids that seem to be communicating more uh you know they they seem to know what these children need if they have to reach out to the tutoring company they reach out to us um you know they may have a package already so they just use it um immediately as they need it and we have a tutor available but, you know, it's it's interesting to watch. Here we all are in meetings all the time and we don't think about, quote, having a meeting with our own children. All right. <laughs> and you might and not even, you know, sitting around the dinner table. I mean, my family, when, when we're here, we all still sit around the table, but that's still not a place to have that one to one conversation. You know, there's sibling rivalries and there's ins and outs and all those kinds of things. OK, I want to jump over to something, Helen, you just shared with me this morning, a report that came out. I believe it was published in an Atlanta newspaper. And I know I know globally we're all struggling with this as parents you know is this a gap that was created because my child was in virtual schooling for a year is there or is there something more that i need to address in terms of a possible special need what is this report recommending re recommending um well they definitely are are kind of confused in the school systems themselves about that because they're not sure they're very careful about who they put in special ed right because right. once you get that 
I don't hate to call it a label, but once you get into that program, then, you know, you're, you don't want your child in there if that's not really where they need to be. Right. So I think they're very careful and trying to determine did the pandemic cause what is seen, being seen in your child right now, or is it something else going on? Or was this something that they had before the pandemic and then the pandemic might accelerate it? It's kind of hard. There's a gray area. They talk about that in this article and it's in the Atlanta journal constitution. People can find it. If you want to, um, I can, I can attach your... the link. I'll attach the link to the yeah, show. Yeah, so it's yeah. about do all struggling kids need special education? And the answer to that is no. No. Um, no. But <laughs> do they need really... something like you're offering, like a tutoring service, something to bridge that gap, especially in my mind? I know you 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 work with children of all ages, but what I see in the biggest gap, gap ac- academically is those kids who are in kindergarten, grade one and two, and learning how to read learning how to write, learning the basic math skills. And that's, you know, and I'll speak from a teacher's perspective, doing one, one-to-one intervention or one-to-one instruction online, it's just, it's not doable. I mean, you're going to get to a certain point. So, I mean, let's not place blame on anybody or anything. It's a fact that gap exists. So if we can find a way to fill that gap, then your child can be off and running again. But if you mm-hmm. can't find a way to fill that gap, this is the way, and I'm making it very simplistic and I'm sorry that I am. Well, then there's a there's something else that has to happen here. And maybe it's mental health. Maybe it's growing anxiousness. Maybe it's those other things that are getting in the way of skills. them. You know, Lack of skills actually right. is one big thing and confidence building. So yeah. those things all seem to be lacking. And one on one will work virtually if there's some kids, obviously, that can't do one on one. Uh, kids that might be ADHD and not medicated uh, if they're very high level ADHD. Um, some a good number of special ed kids may not be able to do it. We do a lot of actually 50% of my business is now virtual because high schoolers can do it and they're kind of used to that. It's because it's one on one and we can yes. customize it to meet your child's needs and we connect with the teacher and we get more information now. Exactly. Now it can kind of be done. Okay, but, so the um, context I was speaking of, just to just to be here, was a school teacher with a class of thirty five students yeah, yeah. being able to do one to one, not not the context. Right, right, right. One, one to thirty totally different whatever. <laughs> they were turning off their cameras. We didn't know what oh, they were yeah. doing. They weren't yeah. showing up for class. The things right. that the media wasn't really reporting, but I know that because I was in the school system at the time, and I know that's exactly. what was happening. But um, there is this big gray area that they're trying to figure out, which is. I mean, and parents can't wait. Um, you can't wait around for a year going, well, uh, is it is it special ed? Is it 504? What is it? So um, it's best to definitely reach out and get some assistance and at least at a minimum speak to people. Get on these webinars like what I'm going to have here in, in first quarter of 2023 where I'll just jump right in. <laughs> And um, in January, we're doing a study skills course um, because we find out there's three skills that we're seeing lacking. And we're going to do it for sixth through 12th graders. And anybody can join in from anywhere, the UK, Canada, anywhere, US. Um, But we're going to talk about study skills and we're inviting the kids to come on with their parents. So my assistant will be on there or, or and or a tutor and we will be able to do a breakout room and talk to the kids for a few minutes as well and giving them some strategies. Because a, a big problem we're seeing is I don't think they realize they have to study or what that means. <laughs> um, it's it's ca- kind of interesting. And then the second one in February is going to be, I know the first one's January 26th at 730 Eastern time. That's U.S. time. 
Um, and then there'll be a replay. So at least register. It's free. You can get the replay later if you're somewhere else and you can't watch it because of your time zone. But in February, we're also going to do um, a time time management one because that's a whole other issue about habits. Yeah. And then in March, we're going to do test taking strategies because here in Georgia, they have uh, Georgia milestones that they take. So there's a lot of kids that are taking SAT, ACT in June. And so that will be very helpful for them as well. So that's what we're doing, a round of three series of what I call skills webinars. <laughs> but, you know, I love that you've identified. And, you know, I teach in post-secondary and I'll go back a year ago when we had uh, students coming into college and they'd been virtual learning for two years. They hadn't experienced exams and here they were first year college in a, in a larger class in a different setting, wearing a mask, not able to really communicate, move from their desks, all of these kinds of things happening. And then exams, it's a huge transition for them. And I think that empathy part, that giving them self-compassion and caring and understanding, but at the same time saying, all right, we're moving on. And these are the things that you now need and teaching them to, uh, to look for them themselves too. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna, there's going to be a bit.ly link and it'll be in the podcast notes and you can just register to come on free and uh, join us for that. Excellent. And those skills apply to anybody anywhere in the world. <laughs> That's right. And, and in the workplace, these are skills you need to have in life. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. The parents joining in can learn as well, right? I mean, we went through our own challenges in the last few years with COVID and, and all these things were happening prior to COVID, but the gaps are now uh, so much more larger because more services are needed that that are not. And like, well, we could get into staffing shortages. Let's not even get into that because that's another reality. Um, mm -hmm. Supply teachers that aren't being covered because there isn't someone to, they, you know, uh, educational assistance and they're pulling in people off the street because there's not enough people to do the job. So um, it, it, when the needs become so extreme that we can't fill them, that's a whole other kettle of fish to address. And and that's just, that's a system. Yeah, right. And especially today, the middle and high schoolers, especially, even though the elementary too, um, are very, the kids are very involved here in the U.S. with sports. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like this everywhere. Yeah. Um, church things. They're involved in dance troops and dance groups. And then those have big conferences and they have to practice more often to be a part of a competition. There's just so much going on yeah. that I don't think children are mature enough in their mind, of course, to everybody cannot manage that time and don't know how to balance it. And they don't know how to make it happen. Or it may come down to, I just need to give up this one thing. And yes. this just frees up a bunch of my time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Setting your priorities, what's most important to you? What brings you passion? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. for sure. Helen, where can people uh, reach out? Where's your web? What's your website? Um, my website is dynamis, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S, learningacademy.com. And uh, my podcasts are all on there. The shows uh, right now, we're just replaying some very popular ones. So you can catch all my seasons back. We're recording number seven right now. And actually, Lynn will be on uh, season seven. So you'll have to catch her episode. Oh, thank you. And um, that hits every Thursday morning on my website starting in January, season seven will. But all seasons one through six are on there. Plus, I have blogs that are awesome a lot of information in there and uh we run those every tuesday at night on my facebook page um my instagram my linkedin we we're doing um facebook lives so 
you know, just follow us on Dynamis Learning Academy on Facebook. And my assistant does uh, Tuesday tips. Um, we'll pick those back up in January. Took a break here in December. And I usually come on on Thursdays sometimes and I'll do uh, interviews with people like Lynn or anybody else that out of my podcast group, I'll, I'll put them back on again so we could talk a little longer and again uh, about other things. So yeah, reach out and you can join my newsletter on my website as well. There's also a smart goal planner. I wanted to mention that that's a free gift on my website that you can get. You could just sign up to get that. And it's awesome. I would suggest everybody start off the new year in 2023, first semester with this goal planner, smart goal planner. So we can find you everywhere and anywhere, it looks like, Helen. Yeah, yeah, we pop up everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be talking more about the advocacy piece come January as well. All right. All right. Well, it is uh, the end of December. I guess we'll end this by wishing everyone a very happy transition into 2023 and celebrate what we've accomplished in uh, in the past year and uh, moving on to even greater things. Yes, I can't wait for 2023. making new plans for it as well and helping more families looking forward to it. Awesome. I I am as well. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, carrying on with the parenting connection, and we are talking an awful lot about children's mental health, and so we should, as well as our own. Amy Stone is going to be our first guest of 2023. If you're in a blended family, you're a step parent, or you're about to make a huge decision in your life about whether or not this is going to be your future, tune in for our first guest of 2023, Amy Stone. She's been through it, and she's helping families and individuals just like you. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. We'll see you in 2023. Thanks for tuning in and posting your review of Taking the Helm on your favorite platform. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. To be inspired by people who are steering us in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com where you can search previous guests by the topic of your choice. And while you're there, download Lynn's gift. There's more than one way to get through a crisis.